I had a whole different episode planned for this week about the power of positive affirmations and self-talk. And if you're on the podcast newsletter and you saw that was going to be the episode coming up, don't worry, I'm going to come back to that episode because I've already started work on it. But what happened when I sat down to start researching and writing that episode was I found it really difficult to focus on and complete that work that I needed to do before I sat down and record it. And that's how I've been feeling about pretty much every task that I've been working on this past week. And it all kind of reached a breaking point on Friday when I found myself thrown down on the couch in the middle of the day with a headache, feeling very flush, feeling very fatigued, checking my temperature for a fever, very concerned that I might have the early stages of the dreaded C word. And I'm not even going to say it because we all know what I was thinking because we all go there the minute we get a little bit unwell these days. Don't worry, that's not what it was. Um, I knew deep down what it was, probably not even that deep down because all the signs were there. I knew that I was exhausted because I'd neglected to pay attention to the signs and the signals of my body. And I had just reached that point of being physically and emotionally exhausted to the point where my body was almost just screaming at me to sit down, to rest, to let myself catch my own breath. And so I finally listened and I could have kept pushing and I did actually keep pushing a little bit on Friday morning because I am too stubborn even though I preach about rest being productive and self-care being important all over social media. I am so stubborn towards myself sometimes and I do that thing of telling myself that I have to achieve a certain amount of things on my to-do list. I have to tick off X, Y, Z before I can allow myself to rest and that's just really toxic, unhealthy behavior. I know, I'm fully aware. I'm trying to get better at recognizing and countering it in myself when I see that I'm doing that. And very often I just convince myself that an extra cup of coffee or an iron supplement or a multivitamin will fix things. But by lunchtime on Friday last week, I knew if I kept pushing myself and I didn't give in to how I was feeling, I was only going to make life more difficult for myself and ultimately lead myself down the road. To burn out. So after a good day's rest, after a good night's sleep, after letting myself stay in bed for a little bit longer to take things a bit slower, I knew that this week I had to address this on the podcast. I knew that it was time to have a good serious talk about what happens when we don't fill up our cups and we find ourselves physically and emotionally exhausted. When we find ourselves with burnout. My name's Laura, a teacher turned creator, but you can think of me like your new internet big sister. And each episode of Fill Up Your Cup, like a deep and meaningful conversation in the form of a voice note from a friend who never wants you to feel alone in what you're going through. Whether your confidence cup is dried up or your self-love cup is looking a little closer to empty than full, I'm going to teach you how to add more feel goodness back into your different cups and as a result, your life. So, pop in your headphones, cozy up with a warm cup of tea or whatever takes your fancy, and let me troubleshoot your problems with you. Because together, and with the right mindset, we can face anything. I am 
actually so eager to dive into this episode of the podcast today. One, because I came up with the title while I was out walking my dog the other morning and I couldn't wait to get back home and write it down. Burnout, breaks, boundaries and bounce back because I love a good helping of alliteration and also it reminds me of that scene from The Office with um, bears, beats and Battlestar Galactica. So this is my self-care version of that. Burnout, breaks, boundaries and bounce back. The other reason I'm eager to dive into the topic of this episode is because from my experience, burnout is a big staff room or break room conversation topic. And so I wanted to do a little bit more research on it and dive into it more and hopefully also hear some of your experiences and thoughts on burnout in a hustle culture. Which, by the way, if you want to share your personal stories or questions, you can send them in to me by going to laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash podcast or I've also finally set up the Instagram profile for the podcast so you can find the podcast on Instagram as at fill up your cup pod no spaces and send your stories your messages thoughts on the episodes just by popping me a little dm there and also all of those links are in the show notes so yeah pop me a message or a dm and let's chat about burnout and hustle culture because I would love to hear different experiences on this from different career backgrounds and different working experiences because I think this is just a really broad topic and I'm interested to know how it varies from different workplace to workplace. This episode of Fill Up Your Cup is intended to inspire and empower you on your self-care and emotional well-being journey. I am not a doctor, psychologist, or health professional and the advice tools, and resources shared in this episode should not be used in substitute for professional mental health support. If you or someone you know is struggling with managing mental health, please speak to your doctor and explore some of the support sources and resources linked in the show notes. Now back to today's episode. There's a lot to dive into today, so in the order of that, a lovely alliteration-filled episode title, let's start with burnout. I think a lot of people have a lot of different ideas about what burnout is, what it looks like, how severe or not it is, and I'm sure that there are listeners who have experienced it. Maybe you experienced burnout and you had to take leave from work because of it, or maybe like many others, you just simply kept pushing and going until, well, you couldn't. Because burnout is related to a high stress state, if you leave it unchecked, it can result in more serious health conditions. But I think the problem here is the when. When do we check ourselves on this? When do we acknowledge that we're on the road to burnout in order to prevent it happening rather than getting to this the point where there's it, it's gone too far before we start talking about it. Part of this issue may come from the fact that burnout isn't officially classed as a medical condition. Let me throw some definitions at you in terms of the information out there about what burnout actually is or how it can be classed so we can kind of get a better understanding about how it's, I guess, diagnosed by the professionals out there. In May 2019, the World Health Organization posted an article describing burnout as a syndrome that is conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress 
that is not being successfully managed and it's categorized by three dimensions. Feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from one's job or a feeling of negativism or cynicism related to one's job and the reduced professional efficiency. What's interesting about this particular article is one that at the start of the article it clearly says and it's like in bold print that burnout is not a medical condition. It seems that it classes it more as a consequence of that chronic workplace stress. It also says that burnout refers specifically to the occupational context and should not be applied to describe experiences in other areas of life. I thought this was really interesting, but also I found it interesting because this article about burnout was published in May 2019, which was before the pandemic, before the lockdowns. And I think that our understanding of burnout has changed a lot since then. So in an article by Mental Health UK in October 2021, they challenged this particular definition of it only being work place related and they say that a burnout is a state of physical and emotional exhaustion. It can occur when you experience long-term stress in your job or when you have worked in a physically or emotionally draining role for a long time. So I like that use of the word role but also identifying what kind of roles that is. So physically or emotionally draining roles for long periods of time. Again, it seems that burnout is being looked at as kind of a consequence of long-term stress. Mental Health UK listed the common signs of burnout as feeling tired or drained most of the time, feeling helpless, trapped and or defeated, feeling detached or alone in the world, having a cynical negative outlook, self-doubt, procrastination and taking longer to get things done and feeling overwhelmed. So they really extended on or kind of like fleshed out that list of symptoms that the World Health Organization attributed to burnout in 2019. And finally, in psychology today, and I couldn't find the date that this article was published in terms of whether or not it was before or after the pandemic, but psychology today says that burnout is a state of emotional, mental, and often physical exhaustion brought on by prolonged or repeated stress. Though it is most often caused by problems at work, it can also appear in other areas of life, such as parenting, caretaking, or romantic relationships. Again, I really felt like this definition of burnout was more inclusive. To say that burnout is only workplace related is a little bit unfair in a definition because when I think about burnout and, and people that I've seen experience burnout from my background, I've seen so many par parents experience burnout and, and definitely during the lockdowns, that was a very common source of burnout was parents who were trying to balance parenting and working from home. So I, I think it's this kind of combination of different areas of our lives when we're in this extended period of stress or this high state of stress for long periods of time and we're feeling that high stress 
from both our work but also our other roles in our life where we have to give our energy to others and we have a responsibility to others. I've experienced burnout, workplace burnout, but I've also witnessed many colleagues fall victim to burnout and I'm sure that there are many of you listening to this who will have similar stories. As I've shared before, my background is in teaching. I worked as a primary and early years teacher for seven years in total and burnout is a big topic of conversation in the teaching community because if you speak to anyone who is a teacher they will have known someone who has left teaching because of the impact of stress and the impact that the responsibilities of this job has had on their health and well-being. In my experience, I've known many incredible teachers who took on leadership roles only to crumble under the pressure and the high expectations of these roles while still balancing their own classroom role and ending up sick or then on extended stress leave and, and then eventually getting to the point where they just don't come back because of that stress. And when I look back on these moments, I realized that the signs and signals were always there. These were individuals who probably worked through their lunch breaks and their holidays, who came in early, who left late. They were always putting out other people's fires. They didn't have that work-life balance. They didn't have boundaries around their time. They'd more than likely be the people who sent out emails at the weekend or replied to an email that you sent them at some late hour in the night because they were working at that time. They were always tired. They were always unwell with some cold or flu, but probably still at work and soldiering on and probably being praised for doing this. They took on too much, they delegated too little, and until one day that little cold or flu caught up with them and then crash. And I know that that's not just teachers who do that and it's not just teachers in leadership roles who do that either. It's people in many lines of work where we feel like being the person who can push through and do more and almost sacrifice ourselves for our career is going to give us praise. It's going to make someone pat us on the back and say you're doing a good job. It's going to maybe increase our chances of getting a promotion or getting a leadership role or getting a leg up the ladder. And I think that's really wrong. I think it's really wrong that we praise and reward this unhealthy work-life balance that we have created this hustle culture where overworking is seen as the only way to get the leg up the ladder and to progress in your career. What makes burnout complicated to manage is that sometimes it's a slow process. It's a slow burn. It's a gradual build because we're so resilient, because our bodies are built to tolerate high stress to an extent. It's a case of very often hitting rock bottom in order to learn how important it is to uphold our boundaries so that it doesn't happen again in the future when in fact we should be practicing those boundaries and those healthy work-life balance practices in order to avoid getting to that breaking point. This episode of Fill Up Your Cup is not sponsored, so I'd like to take a moment to tell you about some of the downloads and resources that I've created for you that are free to access and will hopefully help you to start filling into your cups. Something that's come up a lot in conversation 
on social media with my audience in the last couple of months is around the topic of confidence and that relationship that we have with ourselves. I feel like so many people are struggling with self-compassion right now. To help with this, I have created a free webinar to help you dive into the topic of self-love and appreciation. This is a replay of a webinar that I ran for Valentine's Day at the start of this year. The tools and resources that I share in this webinar could be used at any time in the year. If your relationship with yourself is something that you are struggling with right now, if you are finding the topic of self-love, self-appreciation, one that just feels a little bit out of your reach, then this webinar is for you. To sign up for the free webinar, all you have to do is go to laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash self-love. As I said, this webinar is absolutely free. You just have to follow the checkout process to watch the replay of the webinar and also access the free downloadable resources that come along with this webinar. That's laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash self-love with no spaces or click the link in the show notes to sign up today. When I was thinking about this while I was out walking my dog the other morning and I was starting to gather ideas for this episode in my mind, it made me think of something else that always came up as a topic of conversation in staff room that I think really links to this. So teaching obviously is broken into terms and you have like blocks of weeks of teaching and then you have a break. And something that often became a topic of conversation around the staff room table in the lead up to a break was that many people would find that as soon as they got that break, the holiday arrived, as soon as they relaxed and they went home and they took the time to not work, they would get sick. They would get hit with some cold or flu that they'd managed to avoid all term. And this would be really frustrating because they would spend their break sick. So I wanted to see if this was a coincidence or if this actually is an effect of prolonged stress. So I did a little search, I did a little deep dive on Google, and I found this fascinating article on WebMD from 2002 outlining the research of psychologist Mark Schoon, who wanted to understand this himself because during his own university experience while studying for his PhD, he found that he could handle the pressure and the high stress periods of assignments and exams only to get hit by a cold or a flu as soon as exam period ended. Following his PhD, he went to work at a university and he noticed a similar experience among some of the students that he was working with. So he did a little research on this and discovered what is known as the letdown effect. Now I've linked the article about this in the show notes because I found it so interesting. It's it's such a good read if you want to dive into this a little bit more. But here's what he had to say about the letdown effect. In the immediate aftermath of stressful times, perhaps following an anxiety-producing project at work or a major family crisis, when we finally have time to take a deep breath and unwind, that's when illness can unexpectedly strike. Just when you're letting down your hair, your ability to fight off illnesses may let you down. When you're straining and struggling under the burden of work or family pressures, your body releases a number of chemicals, including stress hormones, which mobilize your immune system against illness. 
But when the stressful period ends, your immune system pulls back and the body becomes less vigilant in weeding out invaders. At the same time, a reservoir of body chemicals left over from the stress response tend to produce inflammation and can trigger problems like arthritic pain and migraines. I just found this so interesting in in that we are built to survive this stress that our body can produce these chemicals that make us run almost super high functioning. We've all had those experiences where something happens, we go into this high stress state and we come, become almost like superhumans of ourselves that when we look back at what we managed to achieve in that day or during this crisis, it's kind of like, where did I find the strength to do this? How did I become so focused and so driven despite what I was facing and it is that kind of high stress state but following that our body has to kind of almost do like this reset and it pulls everything out and because our immune system has become almost dependent on these stress hormones mobilizing it making it stronger all of a sudden it becomes less vigilant and we become more vulnerable to outside influences coming in and making us unwell stress is part of the human experience and in some cases stress can be beneficial to us and it can help us be hyper focused and perform well the problem is that we're not built for extended periods of stress. And when you think about this so-called letdown effect and what happens inside of your body because of those periods of stress and what happens after that, there's the potential that the harder we push and the longer that we stay in this high stress state, the harder the crash will be on the other side. And so this kind of made me think about this concept of people who are really good at being in that high state of stress, of managing the stress or just pushing through the stress and keeping going until all of a sudden they just allow themselves to relax a little bit and the burnout hits and they're physically exhausted and they're they're bedridden because they've pushed themselves a little bit too hard for too long. The solution to this isn't complete avoidance of stress because it is part of us it's how our brain is built to help us perform under pressure and sometimes we need to be able to do that we need to be able to handle stress to manage stress but not stay in it for extended periods of time so the solution is learning to manage stress to therefore avoid the crash or the burnout and the key to that is another big B word, which is boundaries. So a book that changed my whole perspective on boundaries as someone who hates conflict, who struggles to ask for help, who doesn't like saying no, is Set Boundaries, Find Peace. And I'm sure you've seen someone on social media sharing this or reading this book because it was a huge success and for good reason too. Nedra is a psychologist and in the book she explains that through her career she has discovered that at the core of many of her clients struggles there is an issue with the absence or a lacking of boundaries and that when we fail to create and uphold boundaries for ourselves what happens is that we're often pouring out of our own cups into those of others and downplaying in our minds 
the importance of our own needs in comparison to the needs of other people in our lives. And this kind of belief that if we do put our needs first, we're somehow letting those people down or we're somehow being selfish because our responsibility should be to them first. And when you think back to those groups that Psychology Today identified as being at risk of burnout, which was, yes, workers, but also parents, caregivers, people in relationships, what all of those have in common is a risk of the absence of personal boundaries because these are roles that require us to give a lot of ourselves to others. But as we know, as the whole theme of this podcast is built on, you can't pour from an empty cup. Or as Nedra puts it in Set Boundaries, Find Peace, if you think about it, the root of self-care is setting boundaries. It's saying no to something in order to be able to say yes to our own emotional, physical, and mental well-being. Self-care is learning where our limits are. It's learning how to draw our own lines in the sand and create balance for ourselves. It's about learning how to set boundaries, what our non-negotiables are, so that we can maintain a balance in our lives. And probably the hardest part of all of that is learning to communicate this to others so that everyone's expectations are on the same page. The hardest part about ignoring that email that comes in on a Saturday night is often the fear of the repercussions around ignoring it. The hardest part about saying no to the extra hours of work is often actually the saying no and not feeling like you have to overly justify your reasonings behind it. Because the underlying message here is that if we don't learn to say no, if we don't learn to set the boundaries or make time to rest or to delegate or to ask for help from our colleagues or our leadership teams or our parenting partners, we are ultimately running the risk of staying in that high stress state for so long that we burn ourselves out and end up so unwell that we can't show up for anyone in our lives or any of our responsibilities or any of the people that we care about. Balance and boundaries, taking breaks, defining your non-negotiables, making time for yourself and your well-being is the key to avoiding burnout and allowing yourself to continue to show up for the people in your life, for your responsibilities in a meaningful way. By looking after your own well-being needs, it will allow you to continue to be able to show up for those other people that you want to show up for. So what do we do when like me this week, we find ourselves nearing that exhaustion breaking point or we've burnt out or we've experienced the letdown effect for ourselves. How do we bounce back from that and still do all of the things that we need to do without ending right back up in the place where we started in that extreme exhaustion? When we've been unwell or we're feeling run down, there's this tendency to feel like we need to hit the ground running and bounce back from it once we've taken a break. But that's a recipe for disaster because we're going to put ourselves right back into that high stress state and end up stuck in these cycles of stress, exhaustion, 
rest, repeat. And that's not a healthy pattern to create for yourself. The key, of course, as we already talked about, is those boundaries and communicating those boundaries. But in order to get there, we need to do some self-reflection first to check in with ourselves and really look at what happened, how we ended up in this state of exhaustion, what areas of our lives we need to reprioritize. It's not about hitting the ground running. It's much more about hitting the ground at a slow, mindful pace, continuously checking in with ourselves to avoid making the same mistakes again. So grab your journal, ask yourself some questions like, What did you physically feel when you reached this breaking point? What did you emotionally feel? Can you think about how long you had been feeling this for or milder versions of this? Identifying and naming what we felt both physically and emotionally will help us recognize those feelings quicker if they pop up again so we can catch ourselves and rest and reset sooner rather than later. You can also reflect on what areas of your life you're spending most of your time and energy. Because one of the most common excuses I hear, and admittedly that I use myself, is that there isn't enough time to stop and take a break. Well, if there isn't enough time right now to look after your own well-being needs, it means that you need to look at what you are giving your time to. Where are you spending your time and energy? Where are you wasting it? And I'm not pointing any fingers at scrolling on TikTok here, but you know, maybe you're spending a little bit too much time on things that you could be spending that time better on. Reorganize how you're spending your time and energy, a time and energy budget, if you will, where you make sure you're setting aside time and energy or prioritizing time to look after yourself and pour back into your cup, like not working through your lunch breaks, like reading a book during your commute instead of answering emails. Time management is so important and don't underestimate the power you have in how you direct your own time and energy to what you need and what matters. Self-reflections need balance too. So once you've reflected on what's not working, think about what is working. So what do you want more of? What are the things that actually do energize you, that do make you feel good, that do pay back into your well-being? These are your self-care actions. These can be things like making time for exercise, reading, not using your phone at certain times in the day. If you're a parent, they might be finding things that you do with your children and your family that fill you rather than just drain from your parenting cup. So things that everyone can enjoy, activities that feel relaxing and comforting and let everyone breathe out and collect themselves because by doing this you're modeling to your children the importance of finding that balance you're teaching them that looking after our well-being is key to survival and hopefully this will help them be better at setting the boundaries that you have struggled so much with bouncing back from high stress periods is about creating that space space around your well-being space around your time, space around your energy, and reminding yourself that you do that in order to be able to show up in the best way that you can to do the things that matter in your life for the people that matter. It's about finding that balance, creating those boundaries, and being more mindful of how you're spending your time and energy so that in the future, you can cope better and manage 
those high stress moments without ending with a crash. And that, my lovely listeners, brings us to the end of our big episode of burnout, breaks, boundaries, and bouncing back. I hope that you enjoyed this little chat. I hope that you found it helpful. And more than all of that, I hope that it's given you some food for thought about your own work-life balance and how you show up for yourself or the consequence of what's happening in your life when you don't show up for yourself for long periods of time. As I said at the beginning of this episode, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this or your experiences with burnout or high stress in work or in um, a role in your life because I've really just scratched the surface here. So find me on Instagram as at fillupyourcuppod and pop me a DM and let's connect and let's chat about this as I'm always super eager to share your stories here on Fill Up Your Cup too. So don't be afraid to reach out. And all that's left for me to say now is that if you're listening to this and you're in that place of, I'm so tired, but I have to keep pushing. I have to get that one more thing done before I can give myself a break. Stop. Take a rest. Remember that your best is enough. And sometimes taking a break, hitting reset and coming back to it tomorrow when you have more energy to give to it is the best that you can give. If you made it to the end of this episode, I want you to take a moment right now and remember that you are worthy of feel-good feelings. If you want to submit a question for a future episode or add to the suggestion box, you can do so by heading to laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash podcast or simply by clicking the link in the show notes. You can also leave me your questions, episode suggestions, or just let me know what you think of this episode by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you liked this episode, don't forget to rate or review it on whichever app is your favorite place to listen to podcasts. You can't pour from an empty cup. So give yourself a big hug from me right now and promise me that you will do one thing today that brings you joy.